it's always a good idea to try out different sensory toys with yourself before you do it with someone else, whether you're using it on somebody or they're going to use it on you, because then you have this felt sense of what feels good and how you like to be touched. And I think most partners really love to hear, here's what I like, here's how I like it. Welcome to Wild and Sublime, a sexy spin on infotainment, no matter your preferences, orientation, or relationship style. Based on the popular live Chicago show, I chat about sex and relationships with citizens from the world of sex positivity. You'll hear meaningful conversations, dialogues that go deeper, and information that can help you become more free in your sexual expression. I'm sex educator and intimacy coach, Karen Yates. On today's episode, the panel and I discuss solo kink, tips, tricks, and Twizzlers. Keep listening. Just a few simple sentences can change your intimate life. Want to know what they are? Download my free guide, Say It Better in Bed, Three Practical Ways to Improve Intimate Communication, to get easy tools to put into action immediately. Go to karen-yates.com to get yours. Hey folks, today is a short but information-packed conversation on solo kink with a few of our recurring panelists. I think you're going to enjoy it. In fact, even if you don't consider yourself kinky, some of the things we discussed today may up your masturbation game and, at the very least, have you looking at Twizzlers a lot differently. We have Elmo Painter Eddington, somatic therapist and empowerment coach, sex-positive therapist for individuals and couples, Clark Hazel, and sex-positive and empowerment self-defense teacher, Diane Long. This conversation was recorded before we began Indigenous land acknowledgments. So, Elmo comes to us from the lands of the Peoria, Potawatomi, and Miami nations, among others, also known as Racine, Wisconsin. Clark is recording from the lands of the Multnomah, Wasco, Cowlitz, Kathlamet, and many other tribes, colonially known as Portland, Oregon. And Diane Long is on the original lands of the Dakota and Ojibwe people, colonially known as Minneapolis. I am recording from the lands of the Council of Three Fires, the Ojibwe, Adawa, and Potawatomi nations, among many other tribes that were here in the Chicago area. And now, on to the episode. Enjoy. So we're just going to dive in to the questions we've received. And the first one involves solo kink. Hi, sexperts. Through the pandemic, I began to open up to more kinky thoughts, becoming more okay with the idea I could be submissive. I sort of knew this already, but was not okay with it. I started watching more kinky porn, especially impact play. And I'm even thinking about purchasing a harness, which is both scary and exhilarating. Here is my question. I am not seeing anyone right now, and I'm not comfortable meeting kinky people online to hook up. How do I go about experimenting with kink on my own besides porn before I get up my nerve to connect with others? Nice question. Solo kink. You don't hear a lot about it. I see it on Instagram every so often, especially rope experts showing self ties and things like that. But this is something we really have not talked about on the show. So I would love to hear your insights. Who would like to jump in first? When I saw this question, I was like, yes. So for solo play, for exploring that kind of stuff, something that's really fun that you can do if there's a sex toy shop near you, or even 
weirdly enough, Spencer's gifts like sells all kinds of like sex toys and kinky toys. And they've got actually kind of upped their quality a little bit, which is super weird. So if there's nothing else, I mean, if there's a better sex shop near you, please go there. But if you're like in the middle of Wyoming or something, maybe check out Spencer's. But picking up something like a little like leather or rubber slapper or paddle or a wider crop, you can test them out in the store on your forearm. That's a really good place to kind of feel into what that's going to feel like. And if you like that sensation, maybe pick one up and take it home and do some exploring with it, some self spanking, some like playing around with where on your body it feels good to be impacted. And, you know, you can experiment also with just, I mean, I like to caress people with impact toys and, you know, there are so many different ways of teasing and and playing with stuff. So I would recommend just kind of picking something up that feels interesting to you and just start playing. Awesome. Diane. I already hear from the question that there's this maybe access to reading about things or watching videos or stuff like that. I think just getting a sense of what you're excited about or interested in and, you know, thinking about this question, solo kink makes me think about kink on a budget too, because we all know we've invested in expensive sex toys or maybe something for kinky play that's sort of not all that. And so I just thought, you know, when I go around my house, like, what would I do? And so in the closet, I'm really into sensation type of stuff, you know, but you probably have ties or scarves or something that you could use as blindfolds. You could use them to tie up, right, to see what that feels like. And sometimes just tying yourself up and going on with some erotic fantasies can give you that that piece of feeling restrained or something like that, right? In the bathroom, you might have a loofah or a nail brush or a comb or a pick or a brush or something for more like scratchy sensation, Pervertibles in the kitchen are things like a wooden spoon or a spatula. A fly swatter has a very different feel than a wooden spoon. But, you know, being able to just experiment, you know, with some different kinds of sensory play to get a sense of how it feels to you and how hard you like it, where on your body kind of mapping, what are the parts that feel good and hitting the parts that you think of as erotic zones, but also other areas in the kitchen too, you know, like playing with ice or popsicles takes you into like temperature play. And if you got some candles, you can do some hot wax. It's a little bit messy, but you know, it's, it's always a good idea to try out different sensory toys with yourself before you do it with someone else, whether you're using it on somebody or they're going to use it on you, because then you have this felt sense of what feels good and how you like to be touched. And I think most partners really love to hear, here's what I like, here's how I like it. Right. Even if you're submissive, you're giving people more information about how to please you. And it starts with you knowing what feels good to you. So I think just really letting yourself feel free to experiment. And then you start looking at everything like, how could I use that? What could I do with that? You know, but the one other piece I would add, so it sounds to me a lot like, you know, mindful erotic practice where you actually create a space for yourself to explore these different things and you can play with different kinds of sensations. So, but you make the space for yourself and try to remove some of your distractions and, and then have fun. Yeah, you know, one thing you're bringing up for me, Diane, is this idea of, you know, one component for kinky folks can be like the ritual of it. So in the setting up, if you want to set aside time for mindful erotic practice with a, a serious kink focus, you can actually create, you can use your imagination to create a serious ritual to help start the activation, if you will. Yeah, Clark, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was 
a young kinkster not too long ago, like <clears throat> two months ago, uh, getting into the scene. And so something that I found was helpful. I was getting on Fat Life and looking at the different subcategories and taking Gander at the events page. And there were some mix of like in-person and online. Some options I had for classes were intro to kink, betting a rope top, intro to impact play. And that was really helpful because I was like, wow, the world is my oyster. I see lots of implements, which do I try first and not a lot of experience or having names to it, you know, just working around with pervertibles, you know, spatulas and whatnot. So that was really helpful to even just start with a direction. And then like folks said, going to Ace hardware store or, you know, just trying different, different things out around what you already have in your house. And also I really liked the idea, Diane, of creating a container and space, even calendaring yourself in of like playtime and maybe picking three things from your, you know, goodie box or treasure box or, you know, from your kitchen, just picking three items and like playing, playing around and trying it out. Taking notes is always helpful. Like I did not like that at all. That spatula did not do me well. <laughs> Taking that out of rotation or maybe give yourself an option of like three times. And if I really don't like it after that third time of the SWAT, I'm done and you can take it, take it away. I love that. One of the things I saw online was this idea of like using a six-sided die or pulling ideas out of a hat. And like, that's what you have to do. Or you could do that with implements like tonight's going to be what is it going to be? I'm going to pull it out of the hat tonight. Is it the spatula? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> it is. I mean, it's really as we get deeper into this conversation, it's it's it really is where you let your imagination take you. I did see this great suggestion about writing on your body, writing phrases on your body that only you can see, you know, so that you can go out in the world and if you need a little uplift, you can like pull up your sleeve and see that you've written something nasty to yourself that turns you on. The person that wrote in talked about buying a harness. And I don't know if that was a body harness or a strap on harness, but you know, you could wear that under your clothes. Right. And there's, and there's things that can bring the sensation. I mean, for people, if you like collars or you like choking, you know, wearing a choker literally gives you a little bit of pressure there. Or like, I just bought a really cool bracelet the other day. That's like a wraparound snake. And it feels so much like what rope would feel like or something, you know, there's ways to bring some of the sensory play into your daily life. Mm. If it was a strap on harness, then, you know, strapping on and jacking off for yourself, you know, so there's lots of, you know, lots of ways to, to play and incorporate little pieces of sensuality and little pieces of play. And, there, you know, it's not for nothing that we call it play, right? It's all about experimentation. Absolutely. The other recommendation I would have would be not just carving out that space, but if you can remove one or more of your senses by either making it dark or making it quiet, right? And when slowing down. And if you really slow things down and then you play with different levels of impact, different speeds, different implements and all of that, it starts to really expand. I think it expands a sense of possibility for yourself because then you're not really relying on other people, especially I think for someone who maybe identifies as submissive, I don't have to rely on someone else to experience the sensations that feel good to my body. And I can bring in fantasy. You can bring in fantasy. Absolutely. We'll return to the conversation in a moment. If you want to support Wild and Sublime to help us grow our sex-positive reach, become a monthly member on the Patreon membership platform for as little as $5 a month. This gets you ticket discounts to live shows, additional content, and more. Or simply leave a tip in the tip jar. Find these links in our show notes. Wild and Sublime is supported in part by our Sublime supporter, Full Color Life Therapy. Therapy for all of you at fullcolorlifetherapy.com. 
We now return to the second half of my conversation with Elmo, Diane, and Clark. In this segment, we discuss how to move out into the larger world to explore kink safely. Enjoy. Elmo, what do you have to say about this idea of, as we're starting to move into this sense of like being a submissive and also, you know, there's a community out there, but like maybe not being ready. What do you have to say about that tension, if you will, of being with self and exploration, but also knowing there's a larger community? Yeah, it can be, it can be scary and it can be kind of daunting because there are people with all kinds of different ethics out there. And, you know, it may take some time, even if you're in a very active community, it can, that can still take some time to find somebody who kind of matches what you want and your ethics. And just thinking about like how hard it is to find somebody to date or finding the right therapist or something like that. It's like, you know, finding the right person to play with can be kind of daunting, but there's so much good stuff to read. And again, like Clark mentioned, FetLife, there's so many resources on there and so many folks on there. And you can even find community standards kind of information on there, things like that. It can be hard, but what I always recommend for people is you can try to go to a munch. Like if you're ready to just kind of like check out people, there are these things called munches. It's like a dinner, like people meet up at a restaurant or something like that and just talk. And you can like, it gives you a chance to kind of feel people out and stuff like that. And then there are classes. If you can go to a class or something like that at a local shop, if you live in a place where you've got some kind of sex positive toy shops, there are a lot of really good classes out there. Organizations like Wicked Grounds in San Francisco, or you can take an online class and just kind of get get the feel for some people. You don't even need to talk to anybody if you don't want to. Just start putting your feelers out and feeling into like kind of what this community feels like what you like, what you don't like. Maybe you're into somebody who's more soft and maybe has a sense of humor versus somebody who's kind of stone cold or vice versa, you know? But I also wanted, I wanted to add another pervertible to the list too. I don't know if either of you have ever been whipped with a Twizzler. (laughs) Oh my God. They're called licorice whips for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean the really, the thin ones or the ones that are a little bit more ropey? Which ones do you mean? No, the brand, the, yeah, the ropey ones, the actual Twizzler. I had a friend who like, she just wore this Twizzler shirt all the time. Everybody associated her with Twizzlers and she whipped my inner thigh with a Twizzler one day. I had a welt for like a week and a half. (laughs) They're like... They're so fun. And you're like, oh, it's a Twizzler. But then it's like, oh, <laughs> it's a Twizzler, but it's evil. I could see I could see how that would really hurt. Yeah, because it's like bendy, but it's kind of substantial. Yeah. <laughs> so how okay. long is this panel going? Because I really need to get to the corner store. Before it closes for those Twizzlers. I saw your eyes open. like light up like new idea. I didn't just add a note to this at all to add Twizzlers to my little container. So what else about, I don't know, venturing and not like, I mean, this person is very clear. They want to be solo for now. They're not necessarily at this moment interested in venturing forth, but what sort of advice would you give to this person? I mean, Elmo, you talked about going to a munch as the next step or going to a live class, if that's possible, if this person lives in an area that ha- would have something like that or online classes. What sort of advice, though, 
Clark and Diane would you give to someone who's like just starting? Perhaps the next step would be to meet people. I would definitely second munches. That's a non-threatening way to be able to meet folks. I have actually found play partners and friends and have found people that are equally open to like continuing to learn, you know, having safety protocols in place. I don't play with people that aren't actively going to classes and wanting to learn and showing up at events. That's one of my hard and fast rules is, you know, you could be like the best rope top and also not be attending classes. And I would not, I would not be tied by you or tied with them. I have to see that equal, you know, commitment to safety, right? Having, you know, questions of like, do you have safety shears with you when you're going to tie? Like, what are the, you know, hand signals in case, you know, my hands are bound, right? What ways, you know, aftercare, what does, you know, check-ins during the experience, after experience, like all those things are really important. If someone is not actively, you know, learning or committed to safety and setting a, you know, safe container for someone, that can be really dangerous for all folks involved. So I think, yeah, going to munches, like I've had people reach out to me of like, hey, you held the door for me and you, you like smiled at me and like, I would love to, you know, attend another class with you. And so I've, I've gone to like several classes with folks just by going to a munch and then following up and going to a class. So that's been excellent. I met a partner through attending a munch in a class. So yeah, I'll just say munches work. I'm a hard and fast believer. For sure. Yeah, because you're seeing people outside of the elevated atmosphere of say a dungeon or a play scene where everyone's all dressed up because in munches you're wearing casual street clothes. I'll just add a little bit more about munches because not everybody knows exactly what it is, but part of what makes it low commitment is that it might be a group that's based on an age or based on location or a particular type of kinky interest. And so you know that you're going with people where there's already something in common. And so there's a kind of a shared understanding of maybe a need for confidentiality, but also there's also a little bit of common ground and it's low commitment in the sense that there's not really an expectation of anything other than showing up and, you know, engaging in a way it's kind of nice to go with a friend sometimes. And also people that are going are vetted. There's some kind of connect, you know, to, to come. So there's a little bit of vetting that happens there, which makes it maybe feel a little bit safer in terms of connecting with friends too. I think it's important to like, not, have to take things so seriously because I think there can be a lot of pressure to like do it right, you know, either as the top, as a bottom, as a switch, whatever you are, but having friends who are also maybe interested in kind of exploring and you can do the show and tell, here's the pack of pervertibles I found in my house. Here's what I found in my house. And if you're not doing it live, you can do it online and say, here's how I might use that. Here's how I might use this, you know, get, just get comfortable with the idea of playing and experimenting and sharing ideas and then it sort of demystifies it in a different way. And I think it, I think you feel a lot more empowered going into things when you've had an opportunity to share, even with people that are at the same level of exploration as you are, in addition to meeting people that have more experience, right? Mm. So not thinking that you have to know it all to take a step in, but actually taking your time and finding support where you can. Yeah. And there's lots of places that I go with friends that I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on my own. Right. But I have a good time because if I'm going with someone that I already where I already enjoy their company, then I know regardless of what's happening in that space, I'm going to have a good time. And it helps, you know, manage some of the social anxiety. It also makes it easier to kind of venture out. So buddying up, I think, is a great way. Mm, mm. And I liked what you said about, you know, sharing ideas in a way that's casual in a non-charged atmosphere. That can be so like liberating for the self to like to be talking about sex and kink in an uncharged atmosphere. Like we're just chatting about this ev everyday thing, which 
you know, society as it is right now, it's not an everyday conversation starter, but to be in a community of openness that can be so wonderful and empowering. To learn more about Elmo, Clark, and Diane, go to the show notes. Do you want to create a podcast but feel a little overwhelmed? Can I suggest Buzzsprout as the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast? Buzzsprout is a podcast host with both free and paid plans. By using them, your podcast gets listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. And you get a website. They are great with analytics and support, and I especially love them because their newsletter and podcast offer tons of tips for growing your pod. A friend recommended them to me, and now I am recommending them to you. And if you say that Wild and Sublime sent you by clicking on our affiliate link in the show notes, you get 20 bucks and we get 20 bucks. How can you say no to that? Go to the show notes to begin. Well, that's it, folks. Have a very pleasurable week. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on social media at Wild and Sublime and sign up for newsletters at wildandsublime.com. Got feedback or an inquiry? Contact us at info at wildandsublime.com. I'd like to thank our design guru, Jean-Francois Gervais, and the Creative Imposter Studios, our editing company. Theme music by David Ben Porat. Our media sponsor is Rebellious Magazine, Feminist Media at rebelliousmagazine.com. 